0: and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Hello, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching, and we're here today to talk all about what to do when you are moving and why planning so fast much in the middle of a move or a family transition is keeping you stuck and and perpetuating those meltdowns right so if you're parenting a highly sensitive child or a teen and your child is melting down on a daily basis hitting kicking screaming throwing their body on the floor or threatening to hurt themselves or others and your teen is just shutting down and having nothing to do with any any way of communicating with you, then make sure that you're staying tuned into today's show because what we're going to talk all about is why all of this planning that you're doing is adding to that mix. So today we're going to specifically talk about big life transitions like moving house, <laughs> uh, as they, my friends in, over in uh, the UK say, <laughs> so if you're switching, um, switching homes, you're moving across state, you might even just be moving down to a different neighborhood. A lot of transitions included in that. And if you're parenting a highly sensitive child, this can add a significant level of stress to your family. Now we know that a, a challenge like a move, a, a shift in dynamic for your family is going to lead to stress, right? That that part should be a no brainer to understand um, that your child is going to deal with all kinds of emotions managing the change that might include uh, new friends, trying to make new friends, saying goodbye to old ones, uh, just noticing a different road to be driving home on every day, etc., not to mention a new room, new neighbors and a new school if that's relevant. And so it's developmentally appropriate for any child or teen, even an adult, right, to experience a negative emotion like stress or worry or concern in moving from one place to the next, right? So we're not talking about eliminating all negative emotion. But when we think about supporting your highly sensitive child and eliminating the daily meltdowns, there is absolutely room for improvement if your child is unable to consider the positives to a a major change like this. So we're going to talk all about where you could be getting stuck if your child is freaking out and saying, no, I won't move. (laughs) I won't, I won't uh, consider this at all. And uh, what you can do to mitigate that challenge if you have a, a move coming up now, obviously, moves can happen at any given time. It could be because you need uh, to switch your job or you got your, your dream job or you need to move closer to family or, or you know, God forbid you have a family member who's sick um, and you need to, to create more space in your home or be closer to family. Um, and, and so with that being said, These these moves can happen at any time. And we want you to be able to be prepared for that. And so I want to speak about the difference between preparation and planning, right? So if you're, you're a highly sensitive parent as well, there's an added layer of expectation that can be added to this big, big challenge that you can be dealing with. And the only way you're going to be able to see this challenge as the opportunity for what it is, is if you're able to move through your big emotions and manage them effectively. So as a parent, when we think about three of the big things that you need to be able to turn around, one of them is how much you're planning. So so we're going to be focusing on today. So when we, when we are faced with challenges, right, we think about how de- a developmentally appropriate uh, child or teen, uh, a child who is meeting their developmental milestones, might respond to a challenge. They might be cry one day, uh, they might be excited the next, uh, they might move through their emotions through, um, throughout the day, right? Now, highly sensitive kids... Uh, many parents when they're thinking about moving can ask themselves whether or not it's worth the planning at all uh, and might seriously consider and, and you know many parents that we work with when they're in the in the middle of a move seriously consider not telling their kids until the last minute because they quote unquote know that it's going to be a disaster and they would rather just not, uh, deal with that disaster until they absolutely have to. Now I'm using the disaster word um, tongue in cheek, but seriously, because if you're, if you're a parent of a sensitive kid and your kid's dealing with, with meltdowns on a daily basis, then that feels disastrous for you. So I'm not here to sugarcoat it. Uh, and uh, we've heard families say this day in, day out. So when we think about the challenges that you might uh, want to, to, to mitigate and to, to shift out of, And parenting your sensitive kid you your child could think about the new neighborhood as a completely different adventure right a different way to um to explore maybe there's new woods or uh, different streets or the houses look differently than than your current neighborhood and your child's not going to be able to get curious if they are stuck in fear and worry and concern and if your child is stuck there, then it can feel like you're dragging your kid across the finish line and all of your boxes of stuff into the moving truck too. So we want to be able to support you in, in breaking out of this pattern. There's a lot of factors that we want to make sure that we're covering in order to do that. It's also true that your child is going to have some some um, sad feelings about saying goodbye to friends, right? There might need to be some planning that is relevant and, and necessary to to involve your child in and to, and for you as a parent to involve. Uh, Goodbye parties would be relevant here. Uh, Plan to stay in touch with different families if you're moving far away, if that move includes switching schools. Um, Even if your child's going to be able to communicate with those uh, kids and, and stay involved in different sports or extracurricular activities, if you're not moving too far away, it is still important to commemorate that big change. And that would be an appropriate thing to do for children, teens alike. But when your child is not able to see any sense of possibility, I really want to cover that because if your child is, is stuck and completely avoiding any conversation around this move, then this is a pretty significant problem that you need to pay attention to. And I want to call attention to how you might be approaching it that could be creating a bigger wedge uh, for your child to, to move through that those emotions. So when your child is is highly sensitive we know sensitive people including children who are who are highly sensitive consider all of the factors right <laughs> uh, there's no stone left unturned in the worry world for a sensitive kid or a sensitive teen and that can be exhausting for you as a parent and so when your your child is trying to tell you all about those emotions and express all of those emotions, that can be seriously exhausting for your child too, which can lead to two different uh, behavior issues, right? One is explosions, seemingly, quote unquote, out of nowhere, right? But the other one is what we like to affectionately over here at MTC call icicle children. These are children who just freeze up and just close in. Literally, you might have uh, heard of our, our client, Rena and Marcos, and and their child would literally go hide in the cupboard. She would close everything up um, before before we helped them break out of that meltdown cycle. There was there was no a uh, feeling going on in 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 her sense of capability. She didn't feel like she could manage any emotions and express them safely. So she would close the door literally um in in their kitchen and so when we think about being able to unlock your child's potential be able to unlock your child's capacity for managing change and challenge right those two things go hand in hand your child is not going to be able to demonstrate their gifts their strengths uh whether those strengths are related to their sensitivity or not right your sensitive kid might be very compassionate might care very much towards animals um and and might be able to notice the slight uh, twitch of an eyebrow when their friend is sad and be able to check in with their friend and give them a hug and notice that they're trying to hold it all in together right but your child is not doing that if they're not emotionally regulated and so many parents can think that their child is like Jekyll and Hyde you might have said this about your kiddo you might have even gone down the rabbit hole of thinking that your kid fits the the criteria for bipolar disorder because your child can quote unquote turn on a dime with their big emotions but that is very short-sighted and and that label doesn't fit if your child also is uh is a highly sensitive child because many people once they understand the highly sensitive trait uh, and and when we work with our clients on on this in terms of understanding how your child fits those four components those emotions are much easier to not just predict right, but prepare for. And this is what we teach our clients to do. So when we think about being able to, the difference between uh, planning, right, which is included in predicting that your child's going to freak out, then that can drive a wedge between you and your co-parent and you and your child as well, uh, because you're walking on eggshells at that point. You're just expecting your kid to lose their mind. And so then what's the point of even trying to shift them out of their emotional state? And when that perpetuates when you when you keep that pattern going over and over and over again you end up sending the message to your kid that they can't handle it and they can't hack it and uh, what does that say about you right so when we when we coach parents through through this meltdown cycle and and get their kids to the other side uh, it's very very important to notice how you as a parent are trying to end the cycle by being hyper vigilant If you're in survival mode, you're hypervigilance. That's a word that that, uh, those of us who are, are trained in treating trauma as therapists use quite frequently. So hypervigilance is a sense of feeling like you have to always be on your toes. Your eyes are noticing every single thing around you, and you're jumpy. Okay, This is the difference between being a hypervigilant person and a sensitive person who's regulated. So if you're a highly sensitive parent, And you're also jumpy (laughs) your nervous system is always on fire then this is a symptom of of hypervigilance it is not part of the highly sensitive trait it is a symptom of the meltdown cycle that you experienced as a child and just perpetuated through adulthood so if your child is jumpy too and you're highly sensitive or maybe you you have a sister who's highly sensitive like me or you have a a sibling or or, um, another relative where you see some of these traits Uh, It's really important to tease out the difference between ineffective coping skills and how that leads to changes and how you relate to challenge and the actual personality trait. Now, the actual personality trait, when change happens, uh, highly sensitive kids struggle with uncertainty and highly sensitive kids who feel capable of managing their big emotions can move through that uncertainty because they know how to handle every other feeling. So they know how to handle the feeling of being uncertain, being uncertain. But highly sensitive adults who don't have that skill set can significantly struggle with the unknown. And we see this starting in childhood. Highly sensitive kids really struggle with the awareness of what to do when, uh, when they don't know how to predict the future, right? When things are changing, especially. And so when you're a child who thrives on routine, as all children do, uh, you also crave variety in some way, shape or form as all children do. However, uh, when that, when that uh, balance flips the script and variety is all you get and you're a highly sensitive kid and you don't have skills to manage your emotions or you're a highly sensitive teen and all you do is check out from the world, then that variety com- uh, turns into a scary monster. And so when that scary monster comes a- around, uh, you as a parent, you might want to say, hey, look, let's go out uh, and, and explore the new neighborhood that we're going to go move to, or let's go check out uh, what the, your new school website looks like, and let's go see what the playgrounds look like in the area, right? Uh, your child is treating the whole new circumstance as, um, as a complete and, and utter, uh, dis, d- utterly disinteresting topic at best right? At worst, they're treating it like a scary monster. No, 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 not talking about it. Or they won't even say anything, right? Your sensitive kid can go straight to chucking the remote uh, when, when, um, when you tell them to, it's time to turn off the TV. Or, or they can go straight to slamming their books on the counter and saying, I'm not going to talk about it. How was school? Not, not even willing to, to share with you what's going on. And this can feel like it's coming out of the blue even if you have a, an impending move happening, because if your child's not able to move through their big emotions, then their emotions can seem incongruent to the experience that you're, you're having right there in that moment, right? You might ask your kid, how was school? They're freaking out um, and you, know, you have this move happening in three weeks and it can be hard when you're dealing with daily meltdowns to really pin it all on some nebulous experience uh, that you don't know what how it's going to actually go down in the future, right? But it's really important to understand how you're planning. So if you're planning for for your child to uh, freak out during the meltdown cycle, and that that is to be inevitable, then you're going to put your kid in a position where there is no other option. And if they don't think that there's any other option, then, uh, then you're, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. They're only gonna be able to, um, to consider melting down as their option, they don't, they're not learning any different skills. And so when we think about what parents do to support their kids in these big transitions, one thing that's really, really important to understand is noticing that the opposite is also important to avoid. Right. Asking your kid to be happy and just completely expecting them to see how all of these circumstances lead to opportunity is another thing to avoid as well. Because when we think about uh, children, highly sensitive children or not, who are experiencing a big life transition, it's really important that you're not focusing on being Pollyanna or painting the silver lining. Right. That's very invalidating for anyone. If you bring a big emotion to somebody and you're frustrated and you're saying, Oh my God, I gotta go move and there's all this packing to do and I I um, you know, I can't I, I can't even think about needing to, to take care of it all. And they say, Well, but aren't you excited about your great big house? And aren't you excited about your your fantastic job and your new boss? Can't you wait? Can't, can't you just wait to um to, to deal with that once you actually move into the house? how do you feel, right? What what comes up for you when I say that? What comes up is, dude, <laughs> I just wanted to share my emotion with you. Just wanted to talk it out, right? But what happens is you end up just saying, yeah, you're right, or can't talk to her about anything. All she wants to do is talk about sunshine and rainbows, right? So here's the thing. Helping your kid manage their big emotions through validation is just one part of it, right? They're not going to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. If you're asking them to focus on the light at the end of the tunnel while they're walking through a spiky tunnel with maybe cobblestones and they don't have the right shoes on, right? Maybe they're wearing high heels and cobblestones in that tunnel. (laughs) It's tippy. (laughs) <laughs> Any of you who, who, who went to college in, in a in a, um, in a city right and, and so um, maybe you know for those of you who wore heels <laughs> and, and and so we've all been some some of us have been there in that circumstance right if if right now the road in front of your kid is very rocky and you're asking them to pay attention to... Uh, to the light at the end of the tunnel, they're going to feel a pretty significant disconnect from you that what they experience right now, children live in the here and now, is either invalid, like wrong, right, or irrelevant, uh, or that you completely don't understand them. And so it really needs to to be quite a playful experience to help your child expand their focus and, and zoom out. Uh, from just what they're dealing with right now, that unstable ground, that rocky experience, in order to be able to see and look ahead, right? But it's truly, truly important to understand that validation is just one key component, Uh, super crucial, right, necessary for your kid to feel understood. But feeling understood is just one part of the puzzle. This is why many of the challenges that we see parents face in breaking down the meltdown cycle starts when they start to validate their kid and their kid doesn't like it. <laughs> right? And or your your child um is still is is freaking out cuz that's only one part of the puzzle. You need to be able to teach your child how to change their behavior systematically in a way that doesn't perpetuate shame. And so what what do I mean by that? It means you can't be punishing your kid. You can't be taking away privileges and um you know removing video game access, TV access, any sort of um, highly favorite activity when your child is freaking out about homework. I mean, those two things are not connected to your kid and it just perpetuates the problem. So you've heard me speak about this and it won't be the last time I speak about it uh, as to why punishments don't work. So I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole today, but I do really, uh, want to focus on the fact that if you're planning for meltdowns during this, this pattern, but you're not planning for systematically helping your kid regulate their emotions, then this move and the tumultuous experience you're having right now is a predictor of how your child will handle other big challenges like moving into middle school or graduating high school, going off to college if that's what they want to do, or or becoming financially independent in some other way uh, through some other career trajectory. Those are all big life transitions and your child's process of how they manage stress in childhood is a pretty clear predictor um, for how they're going to handle it in the future for sensitive kids because sensitive kids anchor into their identity early and, and thoroughly in terms of how they see themselves handling challenge. And if they start to build the beliefs that nobody understands me, that life is hard and nobody gets it, that I'm just a big old baby, and I should suck it up, then that keeps on keeping on in their brain and in their hearts, they stop reaching out for help. And then they start stuffing their feelings. And when highly sensitive kids who have bigger feelings to begin with, start stuffing them, then it becomes a one of those, um, you know, April Fool's joke cans of snakes, right? Uh, if you ever went to a magic shop and, and, and picked up one of those things, those, those guys explode, right? They are just crammed in there. And it's really important to understand that for your sensitive kid, those big emotions actually get bigger over time if they don't know how to regulate those emotions. It's just like... Um, uh, you know, keeping a, a lid on a boiling pot, that that water will eventually boil over. And so when we think about being able to support your sensitive kid, uh, if, if planning includes waiting until your get, kid gets over it or waiting until your kid gets older to teach them and talk to them until they're mature enough to have a conversation about their challenges, then uh, that approach is going to keep you stuck. I want to notice that. Um, so, what does work, right? We talked a little bit about how validation is super critical and helping your child break down shame, right, is very, very important. But shifting out of a sense of feeling like you're walking on eggshells is very, very crucial. When you're parenting a sensitive kid and you're working through a major upheaval in your life, that obviously is going to add stress to your plate, right? Those two things are already stressful. And then when we're thinking about helping your kids stay safe, stay safe in a new environment, stay safe around siblings, trying to put on a best face, you know, make a good first impression to the new teachers for your kid, then obviously We have a lot compounding there, and so then the last piece around how you're managing stress come, and and that last piece isn't um, this isn't in order today, guys, in terms of what you need to focus on, Uh, but how you manage your stress is so so critical, because when we're just thinking about showing your child love, and helping them see that they are capable, and helping them see that their sensitivities are strengths. If you are consistently overwhelmed and not able to manage your own sense of overwhelm, then that message is not going to land with your sensitive kid, right? Because sensitive children learn through not only doing, uh, but also by mimicking what they see around them. And so when you're leading your child, you need to be able to demonstrate that that this capacity to manage big emotions is something that you can do consistently, something you feel like you're in charge of. And if you don't, right, if you're just waiting to, for your kids to grow up, for you to manage your own emotions, or you're just waiting to live your beautiful life until your kids are all grown up, right, for you to get your, yourself back, uh, then your child is going to pick up on that. They're sensitive, right? And so they're intuitive. They can pay, pay attention not just from an, an, an intuitive place of um, you know uh, being psychic or anything. I'm not going down that, uh, that path, but what I'm talking about is noticing that your kid can read a room. And unfortunately, right now, they're reading the room skewed with, 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 with anxiety ridden glasses. And when your anxiety is also available for them to see, they're not gonna be able to, to uh, move through their big emotions and yours at the same time. Perfect explosion when that happens. And so for you, you know, we don't need to go on and on about the fact that as a parent, if we're not keeping it together, our kids are, have a much lower likelihood of, of keeping it together too, right? Hopefully, if you've been listening here for, for long enough at this point, you've been able to notice that, right? Um, but the insight for you needs to be super, super uh, dialed in in terms of understanding the fact that your sensitive kid learns through their relationship with you. And that's something that you need to plan for. You need to be intentional about, right? Because responding in reactivity to major challenges and, and major, um, major life transitions by seeing how this plays out and then figuring out how to help your kid get used to it on the 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 flip side once you're actually moved into the new house right that for this example that we're talking about today that is is consistently going to be reactive parenting and reactive parenting sends your kid who's highly sensitive into a position of feeling like they are in control they are in control of you they are in control of their environment and they are in control of the family dynamic because the sensitive kids who are dealing with daily meltdowns, we know for sure that they are taking up a lot of time and space in that family dynamic, right? There, there can be times where we, you know, we talk to parents who, um, when we first start working together and they, they don't even really understand their other children or, or even get to know their other children because their middle or oldest child who's highly sensitive and dealing with these big meltdowns is just taking up so much of their time and energy. And so when you think about feeling like you can't really meet all of your kids, you don't really understand how all of your kids tick or learn or, or truly get to know all of your children and, and their personalities, that in and of itself can feel very overwhelming. And so obviously you're gonna to wanna to fix it pretty quickly, but being in that fix it mode, that reactivity mode, will actually keep you stuck, it's a, it's a cycle. We want you to break out of that. And so when you're trying to break out of that, you need to be able to be intentional and planful for how do you help your child manage new challenges, prepare for new challenges and troubleshoot new challenges. And that has to be um, allowing for opportunity for them to learn and also uh, mitigating challenge and, and where they're vulnerable for a meltdown. And so when we when we talk about being able to break out of this pattern for for all the families that we've helped actually move, <laughs> it's many of them in a pandemic actually, uh, over the last couple of years, right? Um, that was a hard thing to say, a <laughs> couple years, two things true at the same time. Woof. Um, but when we think about all the families that we've helped move, what I think is is super important to understand is that they all started helping their child feel totally capable of managing those big emotions ahead of time before they actually got to the new house, right? This wait and see mentality is reactive. And they avoided that because they knew what to do. And highly sensitive kids really need to feel like their parents know what to do. I'm not talking about being perfect. Okay, let's make sure we get that thing straight. Nobody's perfect. Perfect is boring. But if you as a parent don't have the, the certainty that you know how to help your child pivot from their big emotions into a sense of regulation and feeling capable and calm and in control, then your child is not going to be able to build that sense of certainty themselves. So it, had to happen, it has to happen with a couple of things, and we help our clients do this. Why and how, right? Uh, first and First and foremost, knowing exactly how you tick. Whether you're highly sensitive or not, how you manage your emotions comes first. Secondly, is understanding how to clearly make change a positive experience. No shaming involved and learning and building insights are fun, playful, right? And then supporting your child and being able to advocate for themselves. It's also really important so that your child, as they build those insights, feels feel capable and powerful enough to ask for those insights to be honored by other people. And this is important for, for sensitive kids as well. And so when we think about being able to, to break out of this pattern and uh, support your child in, in doing so, it's really important to not look at a big life transition like a move as a one-time thing. This is just something you guys are gonna have to get through and you'll figure it out, right? You need to be able to notice that if your family is struggling in these big life challenges, you're missing some pretty key pieces in terms of landing um landing on your feet and parenting your sensitive kid right because when when parents know exactly how to break out of that cycle it happens and is relevant for small tiffs with a friend it's relevant for a really tough homework assignment and it's relevant for a giant move as well and so we see parents you know several of our clients who've moved cross country. Uh, I mentioned Raina and Marcos earlier, they moved from Wisconsin to Hawaii. And um, being able to do that, where the the whole experience felt uh, like for the parents, that they were calm and capable and and they were able to help their children expand into a full sense of of being uh, capable, managing their emotions and hopeful as well. And parents knew exactly how to advocate for their kids when things turned up as they do right, in the school community that they chose for their children. And so when, you, when you're when you making big, big challenge, changes like that, and I could name other parents that we've helped do this, and you might have heard some of their stories or seen some of them in our Facebook group comment on, on how they're able to break out of this pattern. Uh, Rachel and Ash are, are ones who just made a, a big move, and their kiddo is, is reaching out for help and asking for support in the school setting as well. Um, we want to be able to notice that highly sensitive kids who don't feel capable of managing those big challenges, they're not talking about it, they're exploding about it, or they're hiding about it. And then when they get there, they are doing the same exact thing. Okay. And so that pattern is starting to become ingrained for your kids. It's really important to turn this around now. All right. So. I think we've covered all of what I wanted to discuss today, but let's make sure that we're clear, right? Breaking out of that meltdown cycle means that when you're faced with challenge or opportunity, you get to help your child notice that those challenges are always opportunities, okay? Okay. And the only way to do that is for your child to be able to manage their big emotions. Otherwise, you're just steamrolling your kid and you're telling them that their feelings are wrong and that they are wrong about their own experiences. And uh, that is never going to turn out in a way that supports your kid in feeling capable, right? Uh, So if you are ready to break out of this pattern, if your family is dealing with a similar life transition, or uh, you've noticed that this is how you've handled life transitions before and and, uh, you're not really seeing how you're going to be able to Replicate uh, a different situation, right? Um, replicate a, a more healthy uh, response to a big challenge uh, in the future. Then I would encourage you to book a call. Go ahead over to megantompsoncoaching.com/backslash-talk or megantompsoncoaching.com/backslash-teen-talk if you're parents of a high school age or um, a high school age teenager. Then uh, we'll have a conversation about where you're stuck. What you might be frustrated with, what you've tried so far. So many of our parents have thrown a ton of different skills at the wall to see what sticks. Uh, even working with different professionals to see what you know where they're where they're stuck. Um, and we'll, we'll break it down. We'll see if if those approaches are are more more appropriate for your family, and you just haven't had the right fit. Uh, Or if what we do is going to be a good fit for your family. And that has to happen in a conversation. We need to make sure that it's a mutual good fit because everybody that we uh, work with who does the work gets the result. That's why we have a 98.9% success rate uh, because there's a, a mutual understanding of what the work needs to be done to turn this around and a mutual understanding of Uh, how much work needs to be done, right? Because we can make it simple, but it's certainly not easy uh, to climb the mountain of parenting a sensitive kid and and be able to see uh, a beautiful view from the top. All right, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful day. We look forward to hearing from you, speaking to you soon, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you're ready to join a community of parents focused on eliminating the daily meltdown cycle and want more support, be sure to join our free Facebook group, Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja where we provide free video trainings to parents just like you. You can find that in the search bar of Facebook or you can go to facebook.com backslash groups backslash parenting highly sensitive child. Thank you and have a wonderful day.